Hey, good to see you here. You are currently listening to Inspire Church Metro Manila. We are one church in multiple locations, and we exist to inspire people to fulfill their God-given potential. We are so glad that you're tuning in right now. Welcome home. Learn more about us by visiting inspiremetro.live. Lean in and enjoy. Welcome to Inspire Church. What an amazing time of worship. I love that song. I love that mashup of something has to break and tremble. And so, look, I know you're here. Um, you spent time in worship. You spent time logging in when someone tagged you. You spent time inviting your friends. And I was praying earlier today as I was meeting with other pastors out in Asia, from Nepal, from Japan, from um, Chiang Mai, from Bangkok, and uh, of course, our senior pastor in Hawaii and Pastor Joel out in California. And uh, a thought came up to my mind that I realized that I don't want to just be a pastor that gives motivational speeches on a Sunday. I don't want to just give you a message to make you happy. I don't want to give you a message to just get you through the week. When we were talking as pastors, we realized that we have a bigger weight on our shoulders. That we want to prepare you to live the best life that God has for you. See, we are not giving this message, this series of faith up just so that you know how to navigate a pandemic. What we want you to understand that we want you to be equipped to navigate any crisis that you may be going through. And today, today this message is so deep. This message is something that I've been praying about, that I've been thinking about. Because I think it's safe to say that you and I, there are times where we've prayed. That we're asking God for an answer. But here's the thing that I've realized. That could it be that when we've been asking God for an answer, could it be that we have just not been able to hear what he's been trying to say? Could it be he's been speaking? Could it be he's been answering? Could it be that he's been talking directly to you, wanting you to know? And you've been praying, God, give me an answer. God, intervene. God, help me. But I wonder how many times it's simply because we have been lost in translation. See, today I want you to lean in because the topic that I have for you, the title of this message is Lost in Translation. Confusing the do you with can you. So God is answering. But we got to be able to hear how he's speaking. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, allow us to translate correctly. Allow us to translate this season correctly. Allow us to translate the circumstance correctly. Allow us to translate your word correctly, Lord, so that we may hear the truth of the gospel, the truth of the good news, that you are for us, that you are with us, that you do hear us, and that you do answer us. So I pray right now for every single one of us, every home in the name of Jesus, I pray and invite your presence. Lord, have your way. Help me to preach. Help us to listen. Lord, at the end of the day, we want to know more of you. We want you, Lord. So we invite you, Lord. 
In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen, 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 amen. Woo! I love it, I love it. Oh, so good, man. Um, I'm not getting teary-eyed. My mood that long. It's just like, <laughs> it's so good. Let me hear you guys say lost in translation. If you're watching online, because you are, thank you for tuning in. Type it in the chat box, lost in translation. Have you ever been lost in translation? Like, have you ever tried to be communicating, and you're trying your best to get something across, but the person receiving just doesn't understand? Or maybe you are the one receiving, and you just don't get what they are trying to say. Like it could be a language barrier, it could be a cultural barrier, it could just be, just something is blocking. Have you ever felt that way before? I remember when, babe, remember this? Babe is my wife, by the way. I'm not calling our director babe, right? Marlon, or, or anybody. My wife, uh, Jay, babe. I, do you remember when we went to Thailand for the first time? And so we got invited to go to Thailand for a missionaries retreat, and we were able to go with our best friends, DJ and Lynette. And I remember, it's our, it's our very first time to Thailand. So we get to Thailand, we're excited. Number one, we're excited to get a Thai massage, and we're excited to eat Thai food, right? And of course, you know, meet other missionaries, but that's a side thing. We want to eat Thai food in time. And so we had some free time, and we went to the mall. We found our way to the mall. We went in a taxi, got our way to the mall, went into the mall, found a restaurant. Remember that? We get to the restaurant, and so now we're looking at the menu, and it's all in Thai. Because we're in Thailand, right? And, and so, sawarika, sawarika, we, we know that. And so we're trying to order, and then we only know a few words. So we're like, pad thai, pad thai, right? Oh, pad thai, pad thai. And so this is now where we thought it's going to be the easiest thing to order. We want to order a Coke, right? And, and so we didn't drink Coke Zero yet, right, babe? We're just living the life, right? Sugar, woo, right? So we decided to order a Coke. And so we tell the waitress, and we say, can we also get a Coke, right? And so the waitress is like, huh, huh, huh? right? And we're like, can I get a Coke, right? And they're speaking their language, right? So, you know, when you try to translate, what do you do? You try to speak slower, right? Like slower is better. So we're like, Coke, right? Coke, 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 right? And, and, and honestly... We're looking for pictures. We didn't see anything. We didn't have Wi-Fi. At the end of the day, there was a loss of translation because we did not know how to translate Coke. And so we just passed it up. We just, uh, uh, water, water, right? right? And so thank God they knew what water was, right? And it, I, I bring this up because I knew what I wanted, but they didn't know what, what I wanted. Does that make sense? Here's the thing though, who is the visitor? They are, them or me? I'm the visitor. Who's supposed to adjust, the whole country of Thailand or the Filipino visitor? Me, right? Does that make sense? And sometimes, I, the reason why I, I, I bring, bring all of this up is because sometimes I feel like I am speaking the right language to call on God. And now, I expect God to answer me in how I understand. But last time I checked, God is God. He's the creator. And should we not adjust to be able to hear Him correctly and not Him to adjust to hear us correctly? Does that make sense? 
In other words, I wonder what happens sometimes if we are speaking the right language. My question to you is what language are you speaking? When it comes to your relationship with God, when it comes to life with God, what language are you speaking? Or better yet, what language is God speaking? Is this making sense? Because like I said in the beginning, could it be that God has been trying to communicate with us? Could it be that God has heard us? Could it be that God has heard your prayer? He has heard what you've been seeking. He's been heard what you've been asking. Could it be that He has been answering? But we have been translating it wrong. Today I want to show you the difference when we translate the do use with the can use or the would use with the can use. Let me give you an example because right now it might be confusing. Do use, would use, what, what are you talking about, right? The scripture that I want to read from is in John chapter 5. Remember, we are in a series of people that encounter Jesus. We are looking at what happens when you have faith, what happens when there is faith, that, that your faith is up, that you will receive miracles. Can I get an amen? So here in John chapter 5 is a story of a paralytic or a paralyzed man or the way the scripture describes it in the New Living Translation, a lame man. And let me give you some context of what's going on before. Remember, I love context. I, I want to make sure that I know what the Bible is all about, how the history, what's the culture. So, Zooming into this passage, we are now in Jerusalem. Specifically in Jerusalem, we are in an area where there is known, it is known as the Pool of Bethesda. This is an area where there are pools and it is surrounded by five colonnades or five patios. These pools, you would imagine, are, would be in a sense used at times as a reservoir for the rainwater. Maybe at times it would be used as a bath area. Or many at times it would be used as an amusement place. But mostly it's a place where they, where they use the water. They, they save the water. And all of a sudden there's a rumor that has been spreading throughout the ages. We don't know where it came from. We don't know the truth behind it. But we know that this is known in this area. You ever heard of that? Like many areas in the Philippines, there's areas that everybody knows the area for something. Like if you ask a person about Balete Drive in the Philippines, they will tell you, oh, there is a ghost there, right? How do we know a lady there? How do we know? Because we've been told. So there's these rumors of these areas. And the Pool of Bethesda is one of those. This rumor started coming. And the rumor says this, that all of a sudden when the pool begins to bubble, I don't know when someone first saw it bubble, and they were amazed that all of a sudden that there was this fissure, there was a something. And so they started telling their whole area there's something special here. But the rumor goes that when there is a bubble, when the water begins to bubble, the first person that jumps in will be healed. The rumor is even more extravagant by describing the reason why there is a bubbling is because an angel has visited the pool. And starts stirring up the water with the holy straw in the jug line. But starts blowing bubbles or, or making bubbles. And whoever goes will be touched by an angel and be healed. And every rumor is now fed with hope. Because who would not want to be healed? Who would not want a miracle? 
who would not want their life to be changed. And so now this place has been covered and has been, and has been surrounded by people in need who need a touch of God. They've been going. So, so just imagine now. Now that the rumor has been sent, people are awaiting for the water to bubble up. The place is filled with blind. The place is filled with people who are lame. The place is filled with people who are lepers, who have disease, who are bleeding, who are sick. This place is filled from top to bottom with people who are in desperate need of God. And we don't know because of the thousands of people there. We don't know if the person who actually jumps in first gets healed. Because every single person in there does not care if someone else gets healed. Every person is just there to focus on their own healing. And then it zooms in closer. To a man who has been paralyzed for 38 years. We know he's been paralyzed because later on he says that there's nobody that can bring him into the pool. Meaning he has no capacity, no strength. There's nothing he can do by his own way to bring himself there. We don't know how he got to the pool. You ever think about that? Like how did a guy who can't walk get to the pool? We don't know if he wormed himself towards the pool and it took him 38 years to get to the first step. We don't know if he rolled. We don't know if some good Samaritan picked them up and said, hey, let me get you to the pool, but left them there. We don't know how he got there, but the scripture zooms in and now focuses on this man. The Bible goes in chapter 5 of John, verse 1, and it says this. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda. With the five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. I love that visual. Not to make fun of their issues, but it's just interesting to see a blind person try to find where the pool is. <laughs> right? You're going the wrong way. Oh, <laughs> right? And it says one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 38 years. 30, I'm 40, turning 41. And so just imagine for 38 years of my life, I have not been able to walk. We don't know how old this man is. Maybe he was able to walk, but then he had a tragic accident at the age of three. Maybe he fought polio at the age of seven. We don't know what's going on, but he can't walk, and it's been 38 years. Please know in this culture, if you can't walk, if you've got some handicap, life is horrible. There's no opportunities. I don't know why I did that snap. There's no, there's no opportunities for you. There's nothing. And then it goes on in verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew he knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, listen to me, listen to me. Jesus sees this man and he asks him a question. Do you like to get well? Do you, do you want to get well? The New Living Translation says, would you like to get well? Jesus, the Savior of the world. This man did not call upon the name of Jesus. This man did not seek Jesus. 
But in the midst of trying to find an answer, Jesus zooms into his life, goes towards him. The story is about to change for him forever with the simple question, do you want to get well? Listen to me. Look how the man answers. I don't know about you, but if I'm the one who's sick and I'm the one who's been paralyzed, and if someone says, hey, do you want to get well? My immediate answer would be, oh, yes, yes, and yes. But tragically, he answers and he says this. I can't, sir. I, I can't. Wait, wait, wait. If I was there, I, I would nudge the paralyzed man and I'd be like, bro, that's not what he asked you. He asked you, do you? He didn't ask, can you? I wonder how many times that we are crying out to God, asking for help, asking for direction, asking for guidance, asking for an answer. And God comes in with a do you, but we lose sight of that and we simply focus with can I. Please understand, they are both speaking the same language, but there's a translation error. See, one of them is speaking with the with language of faith. Language of faith, of, of, of hope, of healing. Do you? Do you want to get well? Do you want to walk? Do you want to get better? That language is a language of love, a language of, of healing, a language of faith. But the paralyzed man cannot translate that because he has never spoken that language or translation before. Because he's been speaking for 38 years with the language of disappointment, with the language of frustration, with the language of anger and confusion. Have you ever confused the do you's with the can you's? We need to ask ourselves that. Do you's and can you's, am I hearing God correctly? Because like it or not, we all have a different language we're speaking. I might be speaking English, or I might be speaking Tagalog, or I might be speaking whatever dialect you speak, but there's still an accent in there of hope or despair, of faith or disappointment. Wait, wait, Nolan, how do you know this guy is speaking a different language? It goes on because he answers him. He says, look, I cannot. Because what he heard was not do you want. What he heard was can you heal yourself? And he says, no, I, I can't, sir. Look, look what he says, for I have no one. No one. No one. I have no one. I have no one. That was pretty good on key, though. I got to admit. <laughs> I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. So how do I know 
How do I know I have an accent? Please understand, if you have an accent, you don't know you have an accent. Because that's what you're around. It's hard to hear, right? So how do I know I have an accent of can you? How do I know I'm speaking the language of can you instead of speaking the faithful language of do you that Jesus is speaking to us? You could totally hear it. You could see it in the way he responded. You could hear what he's trying to say. Because when you, and maybe you're going to catch it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm speaking like him. I want to give you some signs, all right? I want to give you some signs that you are misunderstanding God. That you are not hearing what he's trying to tell you. The first one is this, and you might catch yourself, because I catch myself plenty of times when I hear this. The first one is this, we become the victim of our circumstances. We become the victim of our circumstances. Jesus comes to him with a simple question. Hey, do you want to get well? And now, look what he says. I can't. I have no one. Everybody, it goes ahead of me. When we become the victim of our circumstance, you can bet that you are speaking the language of can you. What is the victim circumstance? What is that? What is being a victim of your circumstance? Where you carry the weight of life. Where I, I want to, but I can't. I want to, but I can't. Do you? I tried. That's still not the right answer. Still the wrong translation. Because God is not asking you, please understand, when God approaches you, He doesn't come with a checklist and say, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? He simply asks, do you want? Do you want? When you have the victim or you carry the language of being a victim of your circumstances, you speak, listen to me, listen to me, oh, listen to me. You speak more of excuses than possible solutions. When you feel yourself as a victim of your circumstance, you begin to speak more excuses than possible solutions. He doesn't even say, listen, listen, listen. He doesn't even say, I tried. Do you want to be well? Yes, because pero I, I tried so hard. I've tried so many times. But I can't, right? Like he didn't sing a Linkin Park song, you know? I tried so hard, got so far. But in the end, it doesn't even... <laughs> One day. <laughs> he doesn't even say, I tried. What does he do? He simply does excuses. He immediately says, nobody is helping me. Im immediately lets Jesus know that the burden is not because of him. It's because of everybody around him. It's not my fault. It's their fault. Because they're not calling me. They're not asking me. They're not helping me. It's, it's, of course I want. It's, it's not my fault. It's their fault. What happens now, the do you transforms to a can you, and now I do, but it's because of my circumstances that causes the problem. I can't grow, I say, my pandemic. I can't do that. I can't meet people because 
my social distancing. I can't grow because my house is not as quiet as I can. All of a sudden, nothing is on you now. It's all, I'm a victim. Siempre I want to be healed. Siempre I want to grow. Siempre I want to know more of God. Pero hindi mo alam. Oh, I don't even know this guy's name, but I think Scripture specifically didn't place a name because it could be all like us. Because look what he says. He says, no one can put me. No one is putting me. Nobody is putting me. See, the second symptom or the second way you can tell that you are speaking the language or an accent of can you instead of do you, second one is this. You begin to tell yourself that you are in this alone. I have no one. He literally says, I have no one. Please understand, God is not asking you, did someone help you? He simply asks, do you? And he points fingers. I have no one. Look at them. Look at all. Look all. Look sila, sila. Look at all the blind people. All the blind people are helping all the blind people. Think more. All the all, all, all the I know lepers are helping all the lepers. Ako parang hindi ako part. I'm on my own. Have you ever spoke that language? You know how it sounds. Nobody, nobody understands. <laughs> no one gets it. No one, oh, no one cares. They only, they only call me when they need me. Please understand, you are beginning to sound just like him. That man, no, no, nobody's helping me. Nobody's picking me up. Nobody's getting me there. And the third reason why when we, when we know that we're speaking the wrong language of can you is we do not recognize the solution. We don't recognize the solution. Like he literally is there. Please understand. He's there, but he has set himself not to find a solution. Sometimes I imagine this place like a church. The Pool of Bethesda is a church, and people invite the hurting to church. And so then you come not knowing that you're supposed to jump all in. Not knowing that you're waiting what's to happen. And so now you're wondering what, what's going on when actually right, right when you step into the door, Jesus is already approaching you and saying, do you want? Look what he says. He doesn't say, oh, no, no, no. Do you want to be? No, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm getting closer. Right? He doesn't say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not here alone. I'm trying to find my friend. <laughs> actually, I'm just waiting for someone who has legs because my legs don't work. So I'm going to be the hands for them. He does not even recognize Jesus standing in front of him. Remember last week? The blind man who could not see? recognizes the name of Jesus and begins to yell here is a man who can see but is blind towards the person who has the answer that is right in front of him 
please understand, we cannot go from a position of Jesus then ano ginagagawin ko? We can't go to a position of Jesus help me and then now getting into debt just to try to fix it on our own. We have to understand that if we go into these situations of it's not my fault, it's because of the pandemic, it's because of the situation, it's because of my boss, it's because of my family, it's because of the church, it's because of all it. We begin to point fingers. If we begin to start hearing ourselves saying, nobody understands, nobody cares, I'm all alone, nobody's reaching out. Or if we begin to forget that Jesus is actually wanting to speak to you and is speaking to you. Jesus didn't say, can you? Please understand. Jesus said, do you? And that is the heart of the gospel, what we preach to you every single day. The good news. It's not can you, but it's do you. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Do you, do you, do you, do you want to be made well? Oh, Lord, do I want to be made well? The answer, I pray problems are not so big that I forget to say yes. That stress is not so heavy that I forget to say yes. That the worry is so strong that I forget to say yes. Because when we speak the language of do you, we speak the language of God. We begin to hear His voice in the midst of the language and accents that we're so used to. Because when you speak the language of do you, the first thing you'll begin to realize is we encounter the power of grace. Oh, I think grace so many times is overlooked. We want favor. We want promises. We want miracles. But the grace of God is so powerful. What is grace? Grace means is this. Grace means it's undeserved. I have no, it's undeserved. It's such a, a, a blessing that I don't deserve it at all. Grace is not an excuse and grace is not a pass you by. Grace is literally undeserved. For example, if I'm driving and I, and I do something wrong, I, I run the red light and a police stops me over. Grace is not the police saying, okay lang, warning lang to, sige, go ahead. Grace is literally the police telling me, oh, bro, you did something wrong. Oh, sir, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to run the red. I just wasn't paying attention. No problem, sir. You know what? This is what I'm going to do for you. What, 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 sir? Are you going to let me go by? No, I'm not just going to let you go by. I'm actually going to make you an official police member. And now you don't have to follow these rules. You can just show your badge and let them know that you are a police. What? Are you serious? Yeah. What is that? It's grace undeserved undeserved attention undeserved favor undeserved mercy undeserved because the bible says in romans 3 23 that we all have sinned and fallen short so we're all fallen short we're all messed up you know why this is a story of grace because this guy he did not even know jesus he never called Jesus. He never prayed to Jesus. He never talked to Jesus. He never screamed to Jesus. At the end of the story, he doesn't even know who heals him. And we've been looking at stories from faith up of people who called the name of Jesus. But 
but I need you to know that even when you don't call his name, even when you don't know him, even though when you don't recognize him, he approaches you. It's undeserved. It's the power of grace. Even when I don't know what I need, God does. He's calling you. He's been talking to you. He's been talking to you. I hope you're hearing him. It's not a can you, it's a do you. And the do you language goes like this. We come to the realization that you are known. If the can you says I'm alone, the do you says I'm not alone. I am known. Does that make sense? Why? Jesus. Jesus has known he has been sick for 38 years. It's the first time Jesus even meets this guy. But he's known. He's known. He knows his hurts. He knows his desires. He knows his questions. He knows his pains. He knows. God knows you. He knows you. Jeremiah 1.5, it says, Before I even formed you in your womb, He knew you. He knew you. Because He created you. He knows you as He would know someone He would be intimate with. He knows the dreams that keep you up at night. He knows the tears of frustration that stain your pillows. He knows your desires, your hurts, your questions. Please understand, He knows you. He knows you. He knows the pain. He knows the frustration. Oh, He knows you. He knows you. The last way to be able to shift from a can you to a do you so we begin to speak that accent of faith. We begin to speak that accent of faith. See, the reason why he's speaking the accent of the can you, because everybody he's around is focused on fixing themselves. Everybody at that poolside. Everybody is trying to fend for themselves. Nobody's working together. Nobody's helping each other. The people with sight are not helping the blind. The people who can walk are not helping the lame. The people with hands are not helping the one without hands. Everybody is just for yourself. So what language is that? It's can you? Can I do this? Can I work this? Can I grow? Can I? Can I? Can I? That's why we emphasize connect groups so much. Because this relationship with God is never a can I. It's a do you. And do you only comes when you do life together. You got to speak that accent of faith. See, when I came here into the Philippines, I had, I had my Californian accent. Right? Like, when I, before I moved to Hawaii, my, my accent, California, I can't even do the California accent anymore, but I could hear it when I talk to my friends in California. Like it's a slower accent and like, you know, like it's, it's pretty awesome, you know, like, so, right? Like I, and then when I went to Hawaii, there's a different accent, right? Then when I went to the Philippines, even though I try to speak Tagalog, everybody knows I'm not from here. Alam mo ba saan yung ano, yung CR? Like everybody knows. But now... My accent is growing. I could fake people a lot. 
Why? It's because you don't gain an accent unless you practice the language. You might be saying, but Nolan, I'm so focused and I'm so distracted and I I feel so discouraged and I feel so alone that I don't even hear God saying, do you? All I hear Him saying is, can you? See, what you need to do is you got to practice the language of faith. You got to begin to tell yourself, God loves me. God is helping me. God wants me. God is telling me if I want to be healed, yes, I want to be healed. Lord, yes, I want to be made well. Yes, Lord, I need help. Yes, Lord I need to grow yes Lord I need direction Lord I need to move forward and then he says he says here he goes no there's nobody Jesus didn't say hey change your language he says stand up pick up your mat and walk he says just do it before you could even speak it live it before it's even natural Just walk in faith, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at that moment, for no reason except to believe the person saying it, he stands up, picks up his mat, and he walks healed, walks right out of there. And everybody's just in awe while everybody's focusing at the pool. Little do they know there is a miracle happening around them. was still waiting to the can you just waiting until motivation bubbles up just waiting until someone encourages me bubbles up I'm just waiting until I feel it bubbles up and while they're waiting God is in the back saying do you Woo! if I was next to that guy I'll be like can you oh yeah <laughs> Me, me, me. I would rush him. So let's speak the language of do you not can you. But here's the thing though, and I, I gotta go. I gotta I gotta make this up. I gotta emphasize this. Because he was healed. Listen to me. Listen to me. His prayer was answered. He was able to walk. But though he walked, I think, and I believe he still left paralyzed. Because look what happens. It says that the Jewish leaders go up to him and says, hey, you can't work on a Sabbath because he's holding his his begging mat. They thought he was a beggar. They didn't know he was, he couldn't walk before. And then it says, the law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me to pick it up. Pick up your mat and walk. Look what they say. Who told you that? Who did such a thing? Who healed you? The man didn't know. He didn't know. He just received the healing and walked off. He just went to church, felt good, and left. He just heard a motivational message and said, man, I feel good. I'm I'm leaving. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, hey, now you are well. So stop sinning. Or something even worse may happen to you. 
Then the man, look, look, look. Then the man went back to the Jewish leaders who were hunting Jesus. And go back to them and say, oh, I know who it is now. It's Jesus. The guy who healed him is now, he's now telling the people who want to kill him where he is. This man was healed. But he reverted back to the language and the accent of can you. I'm going to let you know, he might have been able to walk. But feeling alone will still be with him. Feeling a victim will still be with him. Come on, is this making sense? <laughs> and whenever there's Jesus, he will never recognize him. So we started with the question that Jesus asked. It's not can you. It's do you want to be made well? So that question I give to you. Do you want to be made well? I don't know what's going on. God knows. You know. You might have been doing the can you. So discouraged because you've been trying to do everything that you can. So disheartened because you've been trying to do everything you can. Such despair because you've been trying to do everything you can. But today God is not asking can you because he already knows you can. But maybe you don't know. That's why you keep going for it. But God is asking do you want him? Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father God, for every single person that's tuning in. Lord, I pray right now that we will get out of the language of can I, but we will remember that you are God, that you are approaching us, and that you are saying, do you want to be made well? And the only reason you ask the question, because you provide the answer. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person right now who says, yes, I want to be made well. I need you. I want you, Lord. I don't want to just be healed. I want to be transformed. And so if that's you right now, would you just repeat this with me? All you have to do is answer, yes. Say it with me. Yes, Lord. I do want to be made well. So if you prayed that prayer, please understand healing is on the way. Healing is there. The doors are open. The highway is there. Your relationship with God is there. Not because you deserve it, but, but because God died and gave it because of His grace. And so if you prayed that prayer, would you jump on the chat right now and say, I prayed that prayer. Come on now. I, I prayed that prayer. We got to learn this language. We got to learn this language. Come on. Pick up your mat and walk. Type it in the chat. I prayed that prayer. Look, I'm so excited. I'm so. Look, I can't see you, but I'm thankful that God does see you. So don't be the paralytic. Don't just come, get healed, and go back to your own way. Get involved. Take your next step. There's something that we love to say here. is like you belong before you believe. Like, look, yo, you're going to find a great family of friends here. So sign up. Take your next step. Praise God for all that he has done. And the last one, last one. I got last announcement. Don't forget our senior pastor's new book. Right? Right? Come on now. You got to get that book on Amazon. Just doesn't happen, right? It's, it's, it's going to be amazing. Got to get it. Love you guys.
Can't wait to see you guys soon. Love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us and for listening to Inspire Church Metro Podcast. Stay in the loop by checking inspiremetro.live.